You are listening to Daily Grind Podcast episode 425 with Chris Baldwin. Today's episode is brought to you by the podcast Revenue Generator. If you've ever been interested in starting your own podcast, or maybe you're podcasting right now, but it's not working the way you thought it would when you first started, you're not generating money with it. This ebook that I created, the podcast Revenue Generator, Literally, I open up everything, how I was able to go in 14 months from starting my first episode to now this being my full-time job. There's secrets in this book that you're not gonna hear anywhere else. People tell you, oh, I've heard this other place. It's not used. People have no idea how to ask for sponsorship, how much money they should ask for. They don't know how to monetize their audience. They don't know how to grow their audience. They're stuck. Most, most podcast guys are stuck under 200 listeners per episode. That's just the reality of it. If you wanna learn to grow your podcast into one of the top ones in the world like this, then all you have to do is go to dailygrindpodcast.com forward slash PRG, grab a copy of the Daily Grind Podcast Revenue Generator, where I'm literally gonna show you exactly how to do it. No experience is needed. You guys are gonna love it. I would love to hear your feedback. Again, that is dailygrindpodcast.com forward slash PRG. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Colin Morgan here. Today, we're sitting down with Mr. Chris Baldwin. As well as being the co-founder and CEO of Speaker Nation, Chris is recognized as the fastest growing speaker in the Netherlands. As an international keynote speaker, TEDx speaker, event host, and serial entrepreneur with over two decades of entrepreneurship, Chris's mission is to enable you and your organization to be heard through powerful and effective communication so that you can build your influence, which will attract more clients and opportunities for you. You're not going to want to miss this episode, everyone. Chris really shares the benefits of being a speaker, how you can actually get paid to market your own company, which is amazing. So everyone, be sure you have a pen, be sure you have a piece of paper, sit back and really dive deep in today's interview with Mr. Chris Baldwin. Enjoy. Well, Chris Baldwin, welcome to The Daily Grind. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Colin. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, Chris, for some listeners and audience members being first introduced to who you are today, just kind of briefly talking a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do, Chris. So um, I live in the Netherlands, in in Amsterdam, Um, married, three kids, and I spend most of my time these days traveling the world and, and speaking on podiums uh, as a speaker, as a professional speaker, trying to grow my business through public speaking, which is an incredible um, way to grow a business because you actually get paid to market yourself. You get paid to, to get on the podium and you get paid to sell whatever you want to sell through what you have to talk about. And so I've just discovered this little gold mine that um, is a place of focused attention you know, in this day of the internet where everyone's sort of all over the place, running all over the place, at events, you have people sitting down in front of you. And if you can tell a compelling story, you've got attention. And in that attention is where all the magic happens. So speaking is something that I've really latched onto over the last year and trying to sort of grow businesses through that. So why speaking for you? And we'll kind of build some context to this. Like, before you decided and you've discovered this space of speaking and how you could actually get paid to market yourself, what were you doing before this? 
So I'm highly introverted. Um, I, you know, I grew up on a little tropical island. I was born on a tropical island called Vanuatu. Okay. And I grew up completely disconnected from the world. And I have four nationalities. So I'm, I'm Dutch, I'm French, I'm Australian, and I can claim Ni Vanuatuan because I was born there. <laughs> wow. Um, highly introverted, you know. So I did a PhD in medicine uh, between 2001 and 2007. In 2003, I was asked to present a, a, a discovery I'd made. I discovered the first drug-dependent virus for the HIV field. And I and through a process of cloning and 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 I developed a vaccine for HIV, um, and I, I was asked to present that at Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory in Long Island, just off New York, and it was an audience of a thousand people, and the front row was Nobel laureates. There were many Nobel laureates in medicine in that front row, and I can. This was 2003. I was 29 years old, and um, and I just remember how how sick I was and how afraid I was and how nervous I was and. How I threw up in the bushes before stepping up on stage. I had it was a ten-minute presentation. I had ten PowerPoint slides, and yet I, all I can remember was just how how scary the whole thing was. And I really didn't present for like about thirteen years after that. I was just completely afraid from the stage, and until a couple of years ago, where I joined um, um, uh, an organization as a strategic director. And I had to get back on stage. You know, I was, they asked me to present and to become sort of more uh, the evangelist and, and really talking about the future of digital and social media and all the things that are happening and how to grow a business through that. And I had to get back to the stage. And, and so I got a lot of practice within my organization to speak again. And, and then eventually it ended up being major stages for Microsoft, for Google, for Facebook, within my organization. And only last year, last summer, I quit my job. It's six-figure job. I was getting paid really well. Wow. I quit to start a new business last August. And I made a promise to myself that every – because I was quite good at speaking at the time. Um, well, I, I wouldn't – I wouldn't. now I say that uh, two years ago when you said – you're a good speaker, I would have just rejected that notion immediately. Gotcha. And, but now I've come to accept that because so many people have said it, right? And and so I decided to grow business through speaking. I said, everything I do is going to be through speaking or speaking-related activities. So literally the art of communication, public speaking. And, um, and, and yeah, one year further, I mean, it's just exploded. So right now, um, I'm on a mission to really help people become better communicators, develop a voice and, and really be heard and free their story, whether whether you're in an organization or building your own company, the power of effective, powerful, powerful communication is just something that if you invest in can really 10x your business. Wow. So let's talk about that. Like what has or what can speaking specifically do for, say, an entrepreneur, someone with a business or someone looking to kind of get more attention for what they do and sell their products and services? What can speaking do for someone? So, you know, I mean, Gary Vee says it a lot, right? Invest in the jockey, not the horse. You know, invest in the entrepreneur because, you know, things change as you go along. Ideas don't eventuate, you know, prototypes don't work. And But if you invest in the jockey, then they're going to find a way. And, and to build any business, you need to be able to communicate what that business does, 
uh, why why that business is doing what it does, why you why you are starting that business, what is your origin story, what 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 is the reason why you do what you do, and this is how you attract VC funding. This is how you attract great talent. This is how you attract partners and and customers and and every every single stakeholder is attracted to stories because that is foundationally how we've communicated since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Only recently because of the internet and because of this fragmented attention, it's become harder and harder to tell uh, a coherent story because we don't have people's attention for very long. And so we sort of veered away from uh, a a good old story of why a company does what they do. And, and um, it doesn't mean it's less important. It just means now that it's, it's harder to tell. So we sort of try to, to hack it together through, you know, social like through digital marketing, where it's become people have become IPs and it's KPIs and it's funnels and it's touch points, and we sort of lost the human touch. But people are attracted to that. They're attracted to the the human side of the company and the people behind it and the stories that they have and and what's motivating them to to really innovate and push the the you know the company forward. And um and so any entrepreneur needs to be a powerful communicator if they want to reach any level of success. And it starts, of course, with being able to, to, to inspire your co-founders, you know, being able to build that, that origin team that's going to get the whole thing started. Now, that's generally something that they can do well, right? It's, it's kind of friends, it's, it's dorm room sometimes, or that, that can start getting challenging right there and then because now you have to get money into the company, right? And that means investors need to start to believe in, in, in the promise that you have in, in what you're able to build. And communication, being able to pitch yourself effectively, that is, I think that makes all the difference. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, I'm excited about this because this is something that kind of I'm looking to get into too, Chris. Um, so for you, how did you get over the fear of being on stage because you'd mentioned that you'd been on stage, but you're very fearful of it. It was something that you kind of shied away from. And then all of a sudden you kind of learned to embrace it. And it sounds like through doing, you got very comfortable with it, but how did you get over that initial fear of just getting on stage and doing it? So, um, there are four things that you can do to mitigate fear. Really, you can't get over it. You have to learn how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And but before, I'm not going to go into those things. That's a, a bit of a longer discussion. I might, I might touch on it. But there is something foundational before any of that, and and it's something that I discovered about two years ago. You know, in the pre pre recording, uh, the pre interview, like when we chatted just before this recording yeah. started, I said. I went on this journey, I, I turned 40 and I started, I'm completely dyslectic, I can't read. Um, so I, I, I listened to audiobooks and I listened to podcasts. And at 40, I decided, I started on a book journey. It started with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was the first book. And then I just kept re- kept listening, listening to books, double speed, two and a half speed. And I did a book a day for three and a half years. Wow. Three and a half years, a book a day. Some books I did 10, 15 times in a row, of course. And, um, and I, I picked up a whole heap of things that I could use. And, and, then, and then last July, I went cold turkey. I stopped my audiobooks, I stopped podcasts, and I went into some extreme action. And then everything changed after that. And what I realized from like, reading a thousand books 
uh, or, or doing a book a day for three and a half years. It was like knowledge means nothing unless you apply it. Yes. It really doesn't mean anything. And so, and so I just went into, whoa, I know all this stuff now. Now let's put it to work. And that's been the, the story of the last year. And, and one of the little things I came across, it was in Jack Canfield's book, uh, Success Principles. Okay. And, and it was a little rule, and it, and it really touched me, and I kept using it, I kept thinking about it, and now it's in most of my keynotes. And it's the 1840-60 rule. Do you know, have you heard of it? I haven't. Oh, so this is life-changing if you, if you can see the, the meaning behind it. So at 18 years old, all you care about is what other people think of you. True. You know, we're trying to build this self-image of ourselves. And when you get into your 40s, you start not to give a damn about what anybody thinks of you. You know, stuff the world. I'm going to do my own thing. And then when you turn 60, you realize nobody's been thinking about you at all. <laughs> and, and, and so why are we worrying about it? We're worrying about what other people have been thinking of us all our lives when actually they're not. We're thinking about ourselves. And, and in the unlikely event that someone is actually generally thinking about you, well, isn't that what we want anyway? True. Right? Isn't that what we want for people to think so about true. us, think about doing business with us, think about marrying us, thinking about um, uh, investing in us. We want them to think about us, but we, we're scared and, 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 and we fear that because one of the – so, so on that thing, what, what I say is that I, I stopped putting my energy – and my time into worrying about what other people were thinking of me. And I, I put that energy and time into doing the things that are going to help me reach my goals and not worrying about people, what people are thinking of me because they're not. And, and I want them to. And, and we fear what we want. This is at the core. We fear what we want. The more we want it, the more we fear it. We want people's attention. We want people to think about us. But we're afraid of the meaning that's going to, you know, what, like the, but then the, the meaning that they're going to associate with us, right? But they're not. People are thinking about you in terms of what can you mean for them. They're not thinking about you in terms of who you are as a person. People don't care who you are. People care what you do for them. And, and so getting that into my head, that, that actually allowed me to get on stage and get out of my own way. Like to start to realize that it, it really isn't about me at all. Even though everyone's looking at me, everyone's listening to me, it is not about me. It's all about them. And so when I'm talking now, I'm talking in the context of through their eyes. Look, try to see the world and try to see everything through their perspective. And, uh, and then I just bring my perspective and I make sure that there's a connection that, that connects, you know, whatever they want, whatever at that particular moment, whatever's going to help them. And so that was the instrumental thing that th this thing of judgment, right? The, the judgment yeah. is why we don't do what we want to do and, and just realize that people are not thinking about you and you want them to be thinking about you. And so you need to have something that's going to make them think of you in the right ways. But, hey, you can get a long way with people thinking about you in bad ways. Look at Gary Vee, you know. I mean, 80% <laughs> of the people probably hate him. Yeah. yeah. Look at how far he's come. Right. So it's not about what they think. It's about what they should be thinking. And, and if that ultimately helps them, you know, to, you know, with the Gary Vee, for example, to quit their job, to quit their relationship, to start saying no to the, the people trying to, to, to make choices for them and starting to be empowered with their own decision making capabilities. You know, these sorts of things do you. Right. And this is something that people generally don't want to hear in the beginning, except it is something they have to hear. And then over time 
they start to thank you for that and they start to um to appreciate what you, what you said and and the consistency that you've that you've toned over the, the course of the relationship you've had with them you know it's so true cuz you know this is something that i try to foundationally live by and it's to be a contribution and i felt like for the longest time you know, you could probably speak to this too. I think people have a difficult time because they go into settings with these set expectations of how others are going to perceive them or how others are going to treat them or what they're going to say about them. But if you can reverse it, I believe, and start thinking about, you know, how do I want, you can either add oxygen or you can take it away, right? So for yourself, how can I, I want to place these expectations, not on these people, I want to place them on my, on myself, this is how I want to show up. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to make someone else feel. And I think if you can reverse that, and it sounds like that's exactly what you did, now all of a sudden you're being a contribution. You're not thinking of you know, what Jimmy and John and Julie are all thinking about you, right? Absolutely. And you, you said it, you hit the nail on the head there. How do I want to make people feel? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, feelings give rise to, to, to actions. You know, every action is 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 linked directly to a feeling you know if I, I grab some food it's hunger if i go to bed it's I'm, I'm feeling tired and 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 feelings is what drives behavior and and between that is emotions and that you know a feeling happens and then you get an emotion from that and and the emotion that someone feels that really depends on their values and their beliefs and the information they've been exposed to you know the, different people uh, from a single feeling different people can have different emotions from that feeling and one of the things with speaking is, you know, there's the, so there's a feeling of excitement and there's a feeling of nervousness. Like most people, when they're not not comfortable in front of big audiences, they get very nervous, right? Yeah. And that, you know, adrenaline gets released, heart rate goes up, you start getting sweaty palms, you start shaking, <laughs> and, and, and your voice starts, you know, all this stuff happens. This is the fight or flight response. Now, what you've got to understand is that nervousness and excitement are the same emotion the exact same emotion. Mm. This has been studied scientifically. Now, what gives rise to one, one version of the emotion versus the other is the outcome you envisage for yourself. If you, if you envisage a bad outcome, you're going to be very nervous, if, like death, for example, yep. or people you know, throwing you off the stage or you forgetting your lines or anything like that. If you envisage any sort of negative or bad outcome, that is going to create nervousness. If you envisage a good outcome, now you're going to be excited, right? So That's true. the difference. Yeah. And and the crazy thing is we make all this shit up. We make it all up. It's not happened yet, and we're free to make up whatever we want to make up. So if you make up an outcome that it's going to be great, they're going to love your story. They're going to clap. They might even stand up and give you a standing ovation. They might come up to you afterwards and ask you to do business with them. If you envisage these positive outcomes – Hey, you're going to get on that stage and mentally your, your brain is going to be excited and you're going to start being very excited about, about what you're about to do. And, and, and then in that, so we're going to maybe I'll touch really quickly on, on the four things that, that help you overcome the fear of public speaking. Okay. And that is, um, it goes back to, to the, um, the fight or flight response. You know, we've been programmed and we've evolved to, to you know, not get eaten, right? To not get eaten. Basically, it's it was real for most of our history, for most of our evolution. 
we were at, at risk of dying every single day, um, either by through an arrow being shot through us or a lion eating us or being uh, killed by disease. And, and now we're in the safest time ever. Like it is safe in most places of the world right now. You know, you're not in fear of dying every single day, although, you know, it's real. You can die, but it's not like it was hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. And so when, um, for example, uh, uh, you know, if, if, so, if some danger appeared in front of you, like a lion just escaped from the zoo and, and all of a sudden you're, you're facing this lion when you're walking down the street, in New York City with your Starbucks in your hand, the first thing that you do is you stare at it. And, and you stare at it because we fear what we don't know. And so we have to bring in that information. But what that staring does, it releases adrenaline in your system. And so, and so the, 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 the opposite to that is, is to gaze, not to stare. Just like you would come, you would be, you know, you, you'd go to the Grand Canyon, for example, or a tropical beach, and you wouldn't stare at any particular point. It'd be so beautiful that you would just gaze across the whole, you would take in all of the information that you can because it's just so breathtaking, so beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so, and that gazing, what does that do? Well, that relaxes you. So with, as a speaker, I, I, I don't stare at any particular thing. I actually gaze across the, the audience and I come in early, I gaze, I try to take in all the information and that tells your body that things are okay. So using your eyes effectively by gazing instead of staring will, will just re, uh, um, decrease the amount of adrenaline that's, that, that comes into you, that's uh, secreted into your system. The other thing is, is breathing. And, and the crazy thing is we've heard these things before, but they actually work, but they never work unless you do. Nothing works unless you do. So you need to practice them. And I've noticed that after the, about the fifth or sixth time, you start to see the effect of this. So breathing the same thing. When you see that line, the first thing, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to hold your breath yeah. because that's a natural response. It prepares you to run, to run away from the danger. Tropical beach example, you step out onto that beach. What are you going to do? You take a deep breath because it's it, it, and that relaxes your body. By the way, the reason why we smoke it's because it's to relax it, it, with smoking. You take deep breaths and interesting. And now, yeah, it, it's crazy. And now what are we doing? We're sitting in front of computers working so damn hard, not even taking time to breathe. You know, when you're looking at health, the number one thing that will make you healthier is healthy breathing. You know, two minutes of non-breathing, you're dead. The second best thing that you can do to increase your health is drink lots of clean water. You know, without water, 100%. two or three days, you're dead right? And then it's food. And, and then it's exercise. And we're all sort of doing exercise and, and eating the wrong things, um, drinking the wrong things, and not breathing properly. <laughs> so anyway, that was a little side shoot. But um, so gazing and breathing deeply are two things that are really going to help mitigate uh, the fight or flight response so that you don't. Um, and that helps. These are biohacks. It helps you um, just biohack your way to being more relaxed on stage 100 percent. i mean i love that you bring those up because you know i come from a, a sports background and those are two fundamental things i learned in golf too is to gaze and breathe because you sort of calm mm. down and, and it's one of those things where you're so right when you're in a tense situation or high pressure situation or your back's up against the wall 
we, t- we take a deep breath in and we hold it and we become so tense, right? And it's just crazy. You can't perform when you're tense. You need to be just free and clear. And those two things really help you with that. Um, so I love that you brought Absolutely, th- yeah. Yeah, I love that you brought those up. Um, now, Carol, kind of where I want to take this is, you know, for people out there who are like, you know what, I've been wanting to speak. This is kind of pushing me over the edge but how do I reach out to people to actually go on stage and speak? Like they sort of have that imposter syndrome. What would you say to that person? Okay. So, um, there's two ways, uh, that the most common ways that people start, either you're in an organization employed or you're, you've got your own company, you know, you're the entrepreneur now in an organization. That's really how I started. It's, it's the perfect place to practice, you know? And so you need to start, uh, becoming the voice of something. Uh, you need to start developing. So the way I did it is I was strategic director in a digital uh, performance agency, and I was trying to explain the future of digital, sort of what is this all about? And, and you know, the internet basically is a connection machine. It just connects things relentlessly, and it connects them with exponential nature. So if you're not careful, you get drawn into that, and you become hyper-connected, and, uh, and, and that, that leads to bad things. And what, but what it also leads to is that you will ultimately make choices to connect with the things that are meaningful for you. You will disconnect from the things that are not meaningful, you know, and, and, and advertisers are trying to reach you from left, right and center. And, and it's the meaningful connections you're going to seek, the connections that are helping you generate meaning in your life, but also achieve the things that you want and that you need. And so I developed a model called Meaningful Connections. And it's nine words, and I put it into a nice model, and that got me invitations to hundreds of podiums. And I did it from within my organization, so I was unpaid for it. They were paying a salary, of course, but what it allowed me to do is create an enormous amount of authority, credibility. Now, I was on podiums with hundreds of people in front of me speaking on behalf of Microsoft and Google and, and, and Facebook, and, and that creates an enormous um, – uh, influence for you right so when yeah. and and then so even on the back end of that if you ever wanted to launch uh, your own company your own digital agency well all of a sudden you've got a network of people that that really are uh, you know are attracted to you and, and and want to have you as a business partner or want to you know have you as a supplier and so within your organization by developing something that's unique that nobody else has and that is just a perspective by the way it's just another way to present the same information. And, and so I did that in the form of a model that, that um, and, and then the key is after that is how do you actually, once you've developed it, how do you deliver it in a compelling way? And, and there, are, there are ways to present. Um, actually, if, if anyone wants, I have a YouTube, a one-hour YouTube. It's free. And I, I give you basically the blueprint on how to give the most powerful speech of your life without becoming nervous at all. So that's on wow. YouTube. We could link that in the show notes. Yeah, if let's you want link to. that. Everyone just, it'll be in the show notes section. So be sure to check that out. Instead of going into all the details now, because I don't think yeah. we have time on this podcast, but there, there is a method to this. So um, when I was in my organization, I took a training. It was by Eric Edmeets, and he's one of the best trainers in the world. And now he's my business partner. We're co-founding a new venture together, and he trained me, and I just applied the hell out of that. I just applied it again and again, repeat, repeat. And so, you know, by month three, I did I did a TEDx talk that that went viral. 
um, uh, month three was when I earned my first money as a speaker. By month four, I was fully booked. By month um, five, I was the fastest growing speaker in the Netherlands. And by month six, I was on the number one spot of the top 10 speaker list for the Netherlands. Wow. That's how quickly it went. What do you attribute right? that to? Again, back to that first thing, not worrying about what other people are thinking about you because they're not. Getting so out true. of your own way. And and one of the things, okay, there, there are many levels. Um, one of the things is that my mission, my purpose in life, exceeded the fear that I would feel trying to deliver on that. So the, the, the mission was stronger than the fear. And when you're thinking about it, fear, that is really an arrogant thing. Like to, to let feel these feelings of, of fear get in your way, it's like it's, you know, you could use them, you could see them as something that's stopping you, or you can see them as something that's driving you. You don't want to get rid of it. You want fear because fear drives action, right? The fear of not making enough money, the fear of not being able to support your family, the fear of hitting rock bottom. You know, that's what is going to drive you to try and achieve your results. So you don't want to you don't want to get rid of it, but you want to use it. So one of the metaphors I use is dancing with fear. And that's like dancing around the campfire. You know, you got to keep that fire going. You get too close and it's going to burn you to ashes. You're going to you're going to die. And, and so you've got to be careful. You don't want to get too close to it, but you, 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 you get too far from it. And, and while it'll die off into ashes, that fire's going to go. You have to feed it. So, so the key is to sort of dance around it. And, and that's the same with fear is that you need to learn how to use it in order to propel you forward. And, um, and that's, that's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's about learning how to deal with it. And the more of it you have, the more catalyst you have. And, and so the more you can deal with, the more fuel you're going to have to propel you forward. And you see, you know, some of these entrepreneurs, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, um, they, you know, the missions are so incredibly big. Yeah. I mean, how scary is that? And, and yet that's what drives them forward. So they, they're simply allowed to, to deal with something that, that is infinitely greater than, than themselves. Yeah. I love how you put that. And you know, what I love about stages too is, is what you're talking about is I always bring it back to trust. And I think the problem with, you know, building these funnels, which a lot of people do, right? You know, this is this is the, the day and age of the funnel right now. But if people don't know you, people don't trust you, they're not going to do business with you regardless of how your funnel looks. And I think with going up on stage is right immediately you're building that trust factor because people get to see you, hear you, and feel you. And I think that's the difference and, and why so many, I mean, there's, it's not mistaken, it's, there's no secret that a lot of these top entrepreneurs, people like Gary Vee, I mean, they put an emphasis on getting up on stage consistently. Yeah. Trust, that is the key pillar of any relationship. It's maybe even more important now in an era of, hyperconnection, internet, what's true, what's false. You don't get to see the other person you're transacting with. Now you're, tr you're trusting a platform. You know, trust is the key factor now. And I, I, build, I, I summarize it all down into one sentence, how to build trust. It's one sentence, and it is simply act in the other person's best interest. Mm -hmm. That's it. So when you're on stage, when you're doing anything, if you can give them at least a feeling that whatever you do, your intent, your attitude, 
is, is specifically and focused on making them more successful, then they will start to transact with you. They will want to come into a relationship with you because everything that you do makes them better. And so act in the other person's best interest. That's how you build trust. And as a speaker, if you, um, the thing is intent, right? If your intent is right, then it will, it will radiate out. Yeah. You don't have to think about it. If your intent is right, if you're grounded and you know where you're coming from, you know what your message is, you know where you want to take people, then just act within those confines and people will just feel that. They'll feel it. One of the things I say is, as a speaker, I ask, the key question I ask myself, and, and by the way, when I say speaker, I mean anyone that opens their mouth. I'm not talking about getting up on stage. I'm talking about coffee over the, over the you know, a table, lunch. Um, I'm talking about pitching your company. I'm talking about pitching to a boardroom or, or even, even leading your teams, you know, or, you know, being in a scrum environment. Anytime you open your mouth, that's when you're speaking. We're all public speakers, by the way. And, um, and so how do you want people to feel after they hear you speak? Hmm. That is a key question. What should be the feeling that's synonymous with you? And I define that. There are, for me, there are, there are three feelings. And I want the very, very biggest one is I want people to feel present. I mean, in this age, you know, Gary Vee talks about attention and trading attention, right? Um, attention's one thing. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And the tech companies are all buying it up because intention is your behavior and in the behavior is your data. However, there's something even greater than attention because you can, you can be spending your attention on something, but your mind is wandering. Your thoughts are wandering. You're, you're thinking about something else. Yeah. Right. And even in a conference, you know, they might be looking at you, but they're not hearing you because their attention is they're, they're, they're thinking about something else. You think that you have their attention, but you don't. And, and, so, and, and this thing called presence, when you're present in the room, you forget time. You forget everything. I mean, two hour lecture becomes two minutes. It's like, how did that go past so quickly? You, you get time distortion. And that's what storytelling does. It allows you to get time distortion because people are drawn into the story. That's why a two-hour movie, it's like it's over in an instant if you're drawn into the story. So true. And, uh, and so I want people to feel present. And the only way to get people to feel something that you want is to feel that yourself. So if I want other people to feel present, I've got to feel present. And that's the key. If I want other people to feel inspired, I've got to feel inspired. If I want other people to feel, um, um, you know, passionate about a particular topic, I have to be passionate about that topic. And so it's simply a matter of looking back into your life. What are stories that have inspired you over your life? And what are the teaching moments in those stories? And just simply sharing those stories from the stage and they will feel inspired and you will teach them through the points you make in those stories. And, the, and, and by the way, it works in reverse. So if you're nervous on stage, yeah. How do you think they're going to feel? Of course. Yeah, it works. Yeah, they're going to get that, that energy. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so when you start to understand this, and it, this is foundational, you can build whatever layers you want on top of this. Then, then you, you just set yourself up in, a, in an incredible way. And that is that people will pay you to market yourself. And, and I, I've seen nothing like it because the margins are 100%. There are no yeah. costs. They pay for your travel. They pay for your hotel. They'll, they'll pay for you. And you've got no cost. Yeah. And it's incredible. And, and so I you know my biggest podium in my first year up till now has been $10,000. Like, 
Like, and that is 100% profit margin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy. And plus, I get to sell myself on the stage because my one of my biggest keynotes is now my biggest client. So they'll come up to you and they'll ask Love you, it. Yeah. you know, can you teach our employees this? Wow, that's amazing. So if people wanted to learn more about this, it, it's resonating with them. They're like, I need to start doing this. Where's the best place that people can go to learn more about it and follow along on your journey? So firstly, um, I'm on social media pretty well on all the channels. You can find me and Chris Baldwin. If you have trouble finding me with Chris Baldwin, just put PhD behind the name, then then you'll find it. Um, the, the new venture I'm starting now is called speakernation.com. And that is really, um, uh, we're starting it, we're launching in Amsterdam next week. And it's really about um, helping you be heard and helping you have a voice for the purpose of freeing that story, whether you're an entrepreneur or a thought leader within an organization, um, in order to, to drive the results that you want to that you want to um, manifest. And, um, and, and the, the other place you could go is also 10xspeaker.com. And that is much more of a, a movement where I travel the world and where I can, I will just do a free full day speaker training and people come wow. and, and you get basically trained for free for the day. And that is, that, that is more of a movement. And, um, and then on the back end of that, I have a performance uh, coaching brand where uh, we have group sessions and we have one-on-one coaching um, if, that's what, if that's what you need in order to, to, to develop as a, as a better communicator. Wow, I love that. Well, I will share all those links to make it super simple for everyone to connect with you, Chris. Um, just go to the show notes section of this podcast, everyone. And now, Chris, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is we're going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought we can all go home with today. <laughs> I was thinking about this because you just mentioned this just before the podcast, <laughs> and I'm thinking the podcast is going to dictate what I say. And um, I, I think for, for this group, for this group, I, I've been there. I've been there. I've been consuming eight hours of content every day in the car, at the gym, while running. It's multitasking. You're listening to it. Audio, audio books. The one thing I learned from from going all out for three and a half years, a book a day, is that knowledge means nothing unless you apply it. That's the one thing I learned. That's the one thing that resonated with me. And so last July, I stopped cold turkey and I went into extreme action mode. And only when I needed extra information did I hook back to a book, to a podcast. And so I started to take action. And, um, and that is, I think, the one thing I want to share is that when, when are you going to be ready? When are you ready? Well, really, as a, you're never ready. The best time to start anything is before you're ready. So true. I love that. What a great finishing message, everyone. Start now. And as you can see from this interview, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today, action. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start sharing yours today. Today, we have the chance to speak with the amazing Chris Baldwin. Chris, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule there and coming on the show here with us today. Thank you, Colin. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, just grind it out and take some action.
You got it, man. The pleasure is all mine. And everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure you subscribe to the podcast. Share this out with a friend. Also, we'd love to hear your comments. Drop us a comment. Share it on social. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.